You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms and the new 110 Ultralight. At about six pounds, the 110 Ultralight is designed to combat elevation and the elements while maintaining the performance of a factory blueprinted Savage 110 action. The carbon fiber wrapped stainless steel barrel makes it durable and lightweight. The rifle comes equipped with the Savage AccuFit technology, so that means it's adjustable and it comes in a variety of calibers. The 308, the 270, the 28 Nosler, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 30 out 6, and much more. If you want to find out more information about the 110 Ultralight, visit SavageArms.com. This is the Average Conservationist Podcast, brought to you in partner with 2% for Conservation. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of time plus 1% of money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and money back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for Conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. All right. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Average Conservationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing, and this is Episode 7. Before I get too far... I just wanted to say that I hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday weekend here and that uh, all kind of getting back to <clears throat> our regular routines here as, uh, as the holiday passes and we get kind of into the dog days of summer here. Um, on the podcast today, I am joined by James Gibran. Now, James is co-owner and co-founder of the company Smile Outside. Now, Smile Outside makes children's books um, for children five and under, and the topics that those books cover um, are really about conservation, um, various types of uh, wildlife, um, fish. Uh, he has uh, Smile Outside has a new series of books 
um, that are available for pre-order right now. It is the Conservation Series 2, uh, and it's all about different um, fish and water. Uh, so definitely be sure uh, to go give them a look because it's uh, it's really great that uh, you know there's literature out there for our young children to help um, you know get their minds or, or pique their interest um, in really just fish and wildlife and the outdoors uh, at an early age. Um, James and I had a really fun conversation. Um, obviously the, the world of publishing and writing books and illustrating books is, is something that I'm very unfamiliar with. So it was cool to hear, uh, about James, um, and his brother Luke and, and how, uh, the company really came to be and what went into, um, really getting things off the ground running and a little bit about how James, um, was introduced to the outdoors, uh, at a young age as well. So, Really cool, interesting conversation that uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, but before we get into it, I want to take a second to talk about our partners over at Stone Glacier. Um, Stone Glacier is known for making some of the best packs that are out there. Um, very lightweight, very versatile um, hunting packs. They also make some shelters. They make some awesome, awesome um, technical outerwear, some base layers, some mid layers. Um, really as far as, you know, outdoor, um, Western or even Eastern Midwestern style hunting, um, Stone Glacier is going to have something for you. Uh, you can check them out at stoneglacier.com. Uh, you can also download their app for, uh, on iTunes or Google play and stay up to date with all the latest stuff, uh, that's going on with, uh, Stone Glacier. Uh, again, check them out at stoneglacier.com. All right, on the line with me, I have James Gibran. James, how's it going? Good, Marcus. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for uh, taking some time to hop on the podcast with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So, James, you are actually the owner or part owner of another 2% certified company, Smile Outside. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners what exactly Smile Outside is? Sure. So, I'm a co-owner along with my brother, Luke of smile outside you know we are a company that publishes and writes children's books about wildlife and conservation and our thing is to educate and engage children about wildlife and conservation topics so how did you uh you know a, a publishing company or a book that that makes children's books about conservation how did you guys land on something like that uh, actually i have a four-year-old now uh, a couple years ago he was when he was two uh, my brother was over, and I was reading some books to, to my son, Adam. And one of the books in particular had some information that I think was supposed to be funny, but I think a lot of people might not actually get the humor in it. It had a quail that was quacking. Um, <laughs> and it seems seems silly to like you and I and a lot of the people who are going to listen to your podcast, but I think a lot of people out there who aren't uh, really – informed about the outdoors and wildlife might actually not know the difference and i just like felt really bad that some kid might be out there growing up thinking that a quail quacks so i kind of got a little frustrated my brother he challenged me he said you know what then why don't you write some of your own so i looked at him he looked back at me i was like well shoot let's do it so right there that day we started just jotting down ideas of book titles and kind of just evolved from there last last uh last summer actually Okay, so is that when you guys launched the company? Was last summer? 
yes. So um, we put the official paperwork in for the LLC. I think it was June or July. Our books uh, came in um, and we started shipping out the, the third, third of August of last year, 2019. Um, but I, the uh, company like, originated like maybe a year, a year and a half before that is when we actually started doing the work on it. Okay. Um, the long process to, to, to get the, the artistry and uh, to write the book. So, yeah. So it took about a year before we were actually ready to, to roll with it. Okay. Now, I know you, uh, I actually just ordered um, a set of books for my kids. I have uh, some young children as well and then actually ordered a second set for uh, my nephews. So I'm actually really excited to get them. I mean, it's a it's a cool thing because I don't think that there's a lot of things out there, a lot of material out there for uh, young kids. I mean, these guys are the future, right? And to to teach them the ways of conservation and you know that a quail doesn't quack, it, it, I think is pretty right. important. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely no shortage of, of children's literature out there, um, especially especially literature that has animals in it. Mm-hmm. But we really wanted to separate ourselves by by coming across and presenting animals in a more realistic fashion and letting children uh, love them, appreciate them, and see the beauty for, for the natural beauty rather than their cartoonized, personified pajamas. Yeah, and that's that. I'm, I'm glad that you said that because yeah, with with young kids, I mean, that's they see stuff on Disney or you know Netflix or you know whatever your kids may watch, and and yeah, that's all. Um, it, it's not realistic, right? For yeah. for for outdoorsmen or, or outdoors women who are raising kids, uh, it, it's hard to really put into words or explain to them that yeah, you know son or daughter that the deer doesn't really speak to you and it's not going to come up and and want to be friends with you you know right exactly so, so like, oh go ahead i'm sorry i was saying we're, we're trying really hard in our books to make sure that we don't have any animal to talk and and that and that actually presents a really unique challenge it's i think a lot more difficult to write a, a book or a story or to create these, these children's books without uh adding that extra um addition of the animals having voices into the books themselves it makes it makes it a little more challenging for sure yeah that's that's an interesting point because i never really thought about it like that where you're you have to write the story yeah without having some type of narrative from right. from the animal themselves so now your first series of books it's uh it's the conservation series and there's uh five books i believe is that right Correct. yes sir so how did you come up with, um, I actually have it written down here. So you have clean water, you have antlers, ducks and geese, pheasants and quails, and coyote lost her voice. How did you kind of land on those specific uh, titles or, or those areas? Uh, so after we made our list of all the different types of books that we thought would be interesting for kids, covering all the animals in North America, really. We narrowed it down to those animals that we thought were the most most uh, known or most hunted for, mm-hmm. and we kind of went from there. Um, our books don't actually have any hunting in them, but you know, for the outdoorsman or woman who you know does hunt, they'll they'll immediately recognize the animals that we do have in our books as game animals. So we, uh, we settled with, with those five books, and we made sure we wanted to include in our first set that clean water book. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we didn't know how it was going to go when we first started this. We were hoping that it would go, go well, but we wanted to make sure that we had some, some uh, 
uh, reference to how important it is to have clean water as well as as wildlife and habitat. Yeah, that's that, that's a very good point. Kind of covering kind of all your bases in terms of of the outdoors. And I mean, so how has business been going? I mean, you're almost a year in since uh, since shipping books. How's it? How has it been? How's it been received? And, and the feedback from your customers? It's, it's it's been received really well by the folks that have ordered books, and uh, we've done pretty good. Like these last couple of months with the COVID, things did slow down. Um, I think a lot of places had that same problem. Uh, it's starting to pick up now again. We did we did really good though before that. And the feedback we got was phenomenal. Like we, we post a lot of the feedback on our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've only had, honestly, one negative feedback. And that was just about the shipping that got lost from the post office. So it's of no fault of ours. So yeah, and you, you can't win them all in terms of uh, dealing with the post office. No, so, definitely not. So to... Going back to your original conversation with your brother there, and and he kind of challenged you to, you know, put something out there. With you and your brother, I mean, did you guys grow up in the outdoors? I mean, was hunting and fishing and and conservation, was that a big part of your childhood? Yeah, yeah, it it was definitely a really important part of our growing up. Um, We have two sisters as well, and our parents made sure that they took us out. Matt, we can't even remember the first time we were out fishing or hunting and we were just camping all the time. We just, it was a really big, important part of our lives. And uh, as we grew up and got older, it, it kind of transformed from just being an important part of our lives to understanding that it's important for not just ourselves, but many people who are here and to come still. So we really wanted to, to leverage the business in a way to help with those conservation efforts. Yeah, and one thing that I noticed kind of right uh right on your website right on the front page there was you guys are actually donating portions of each book sold back to conservation right absolutely yes that was that was paramount to our our business model it was really important for us to to be able to do that yeah so that was my next question was if that was part of the plan from the get-go from from the inception of, of the company yeah it was it was definitely the plan it was it, it was it was kind of as we came up with the idea itself the idea of using it as a tool to give back was kind of like the overshadowing uh, driver for us that really helped us form form a really solid business plan. So at what point did you realize or, or did you decide that you wanted to become 2% certified? Uh, pretty much right away. Um, I, I had known about 2% for a couple of years before that. Um, I think I heard it on maybe like Newberg's podcast or something. Mm-hmm. He was talking to, to Jared and I told my brother right away. I was like, you know, this is something we need to look into. And as soon as we looked into it, it was really evident that it was an organization that we wanted to be part of. Yeah. And that's, I'm glad that you said that too, because we're going back to when you mentioned that it was part of the plan from the get go um, with, with my company. I mean, that was, uh, that's something that people ask me a lot as well, you know, is that something you were always going to do was give back? And for me, it was a way to, um, one, give back and, and, and try to make a difference. But it really kind of sets you apart from a lot of other people. I mean, in, in my particular case where I'm I'm selling hats and, and T-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff, I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing anything groundbreaking, right? But uh, that's how I wanted to let people know that I was serious about conservation and serious about my efforts in, in giving back. Sure. That's, 
really awesome that you guys did that too. Oh, thank you. So, um, growing up in the outdoors, uh, are you now your company is located there in Texas. Are you originally from Texas as well? Yeah, we, we were born here. Um, we moved when we were really little, we spent a decade in California, Northern California, and then another decade in Florida before, um, we both ended up back here just through jobs. Uh, we have a lot of family based here. And so we just gravitated back to Texas. Yeah. Now, Smile outside your, the company that you and your brother own. That's not actually your full time job. And I learned this uh, yesterday when we spoke on the phone because I just assumed that if you're you're making children's books and, and selling books like that, that's got to be uh, a pretty time consuming effort. So, what is your uh, your day job? Uh, so, Luke, he works as an environmental health and safety manager for uh, a company that makes jet airplanes out of the Dallas area. So, right now, he's he's neck deep in COVID. Um, just updates daily for him and to making sure that the, the health of his employees are taken care of and looked after. So he's a busy guy right now. Um, he's on call 24 hours a day. Uh, I have a little bit more flexibility in my schedule. I'm a high school science teacher. So right now in the summer, I'm, I have a little bit of extra time. So I'm catching up on some things. And during the normal year, I have a normal schedule that allows me to really work on, on the business side of things over here. Yeah. When I was, I remember growing up, uh, sports played a big part in, in my upbringing. And, you know, once I, I started to get to later into high school and went on to college, you know, my, my dad was always telling me, you know, you, you should, you should look at being, becoming a teacher. You know, I was like, well, well, why is that? He's like, the three best reasons to be a teacher are June, July, and August. (laughs) And I'm sure that you've probably heard that uh, a time or two, but it's, uh, it, it really probably allows you to focus on a lot of these other things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would, uh, June, July, and August were like September, October, November. Or that'd be even better, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Now, um, sorry here. Um, now, what are the organizations that you guys are donating to uh, as part of uh, giving back? So to date, we've given to Pheasants Forever, the Pheasants Forever Quell Forever organization. We've given to and the backcountry hunters and anglers, Texas chapter, you know, as we continue to, to grow the business, we're looking for more and more folks to, to partner up with and to be able to help out. So the more books we sell, the more we get to give, which is a really good feeling to be able to bring in other organizations to help out. Yeah, absolutely. Now with uh, pheasants forever and quails forever, is that based more um, because that's what some of the books are is, you know, pheasant hunting, quail hunting, upland hunting like that. Is that something that you guys are, are pretty into? So it, it's definitely something that we, we are into. I mean, I have a, a wire haired pointing Griffon that I trained. She's a great retriever, great upland bird dog. And, uh, so it's definitely something we love to do. It's a little bit hard here in Texas to get on public land for birds. It's quite a drive to the closest public, but, uh, we did a lot, um, on foot in California when we were younger, none in Florida, but, uh, it's definitely something we really enjoy is up on birds. Yeah. So now would, it, it might be kind of hard to answer this question. Um, just based on, you don't necessarily know everyone that you're selling books to, but would you say it's a, it's a lot of people who are into outdoors or, I mean, based on the feedback that you guys have gotten, is it uh, a lot of, yeah, again, outdoors people or outdoors men and women who are, are purchasing them or, or people who just maybe want to learn more or kind of want to educate themselves as well? 
uh, if I'm looking at like our Instagram following and the, the people who are sending us pictures of their kids and join the books, it seems to be those accounts of people who are heavy into the outdoors, hunting and fishing. Um, actually, one of your guests, Mark Mark Haslam, he he was one of the very first people to buy our set. Um, I just listened to the podcast you had at the end of the day. Okay. Um, but yeah, there it seems seems that our our uh, our folks that are purchasing their books are mainly hunters and fishermen and, and uh, outdoors enthusiasts overall. But the great thing about our books is, you know, they, they don't they don't have that hunting in them, mm-hmm. so it makes it makes it easy for a non hunting uh, parent or grandparent to buy the, buy a kid uh, their book, and uh, it still gives them those little little bits of conservation and that familiarity with those those game animals to hopefully turn them into that conservation mindset. Yeah, because conservation, especially for a young kid, can be really hard to explain because in some ways it's almost abstract, right? It's, it, yeah. it, I mean, because it, it comes in so many different um, kind of shapes and sizes in, in terms of whether it's, you know, time or money that you're donating, um, doing cleanups. Um, I just uh, recorded an episode last week with a gentleman who helped relocate mountain goats. I mean, stuff like that. It's things that people don't really think about, but it's it's all vital for uh, conservation and for improving things. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now you guys have the one set of books out. What do you guys have uh, in store for the future? We actually just today. I don't know when this this podcast is going to air, but we just sent out the our signed proofs for our second conservation series. Okay. So conservation series two will be available. At the end of August, um, we'll, we'll have them in. We're going to be running a, a pre a pre sale here in the next couple of days. On July first, we'll start doing pre sales, and we'll be emailing folks who are on our um, email list some some really awesome discounts. But it's a it's a three book set. This book the set that's coming out and it's based on fish. So we went and land this on the first set. Now we switch gears to include some fish. Um, so the, we have three titles. We have Reef, we have Fun Fish, and we have Cold Water. The Cold Water book is um, it's illustrated by a guy named Garrison Doctor, really talented artist. He uses pastels as his medium. Um, our previous artist from our, our other five books, Ana Ortiz, she's, she illustrated Fun Fish, and she uses watercolors as her medium. And then the third book, Reef, um, is a girl who spends, or I should say woman, that spends most of her time, or half her time in Alaska, half her time in Hawaii. Her name is Abby Cleek, and it's all digital artistry. So we, so on this set, we not only went different and went to fish instead of land, but we also wanted to include different types of mediums. Just we, we wanted to add some variety into it, and it, it, the set looks amazing. I mean, we, I just sent the proofs out today, and they're really beautiful. Well, that's awesome because I'm like I said, I was <clears throat> I'm definitely excited to get the the set that I just ordered, and I'll definitely be sure to uh, sign up on your mailing list so that I know when when the pre order starts there because, um, yeah, the the more I can ingrain into my children about the outdoors and just conservation uh, in general is is all the better. Yeah, I mean it's definitely never too early to start uh, having those kids like just with simple little aspects of conservation and. So one of the things that we really wanted to try and uh, accomplish was to educate parents as well. There's uh, a lot of a lot of folks out there who just you know aren't 
that in tune with the outdoors like you and myself. And uh, so there's always going to be uh, things that adults can even learn from these books, even even small things, even even people who are like avid outdoorsmen. Like I've, we've got feedback. Oh, I didn't realize this or that. So it's it's a tool to also educate those those parents who who aren't hunters or fishermen, and and really like continue to drive those those people who are not in the outdoors towards a conservation mindset. The more people we can include on this conservation movement that's taken place over this last decade that are not from the hunting fishing crowd, I think the better off we're going to be. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very well put. The more people you can get on board, um, it, the better, right? So now I would imagine there, well, the steps that go into writing a book, illustrating a book, getting it printed, you know, doing all that is, it's gotta be, um, pretty intricate. So from a research standpoint and, and a writing standpoint, I mean, what does that process look like for you? So, yeah, so it is pretty, uh, in depth and <laughs> it takes, it takes some time for sure. Uh, so from inception of, of an idea, um, we actually do research for a children's book. I don't know if that's normal for other children's book writers or not, but we really want to make sure that we are getting things right. You know, like we are 30 plus years in the outdoors, hunting and fishing. We like to think that we know our stuff, but uh, it would just crush us if we put something in it that wasn't true. So we, we make sure we double check and fact, fact check everything we put in these books. So uh, the names of, of, the, of the animals are correct. That The habitat is correct. Like we just want to make sure everything's buttoned up nice and tight. So it takes some time. The writing of the book that takes, you know, it can take some time too. Some some of the books have been easier than others. Um, the more animals that we include in, mm-hmm. into each book, it seems that it becomes more and more difficult. Um, and then once we have that written, uh, we, we send it off to one of our artists and uh, we kind of give them a little bit of freedom just to, to take what they read and put on paper what's in, what, what's in their mind's eye. We kind of don't want to like distract them with our ideas of what should be on the page. We kind of just let them do their thing. And I think allowing them that freedom gets a better product than if we told them exactly what we wanted them to, to draw or paint or color. Yeah. Cause I would imagine that, um, like someone who's doing the, the artistry, who's doing the artwork for it. I mean, they're, I'm not a, a creative person uh, in that regard. So to, to be able to, to read something and then try to, you know, illustrate it, is not, uh, in my wheelhouse. So I can imagine that, yeah, for someone, uh, with that ability, it's gotta be kind of a cool process to, to take essentially a a sheet, uh, a piece of paper with words on it, and then just draw this image in their head and then actually make it come to life on the pages. It's, it's pretty crazy actually. Um, you know, when we get these snapshots of what they're doing back and we're like, holy cow, that's way better than we could have thought of. And the really funny part is when we when were just starting this up, Luke and I were like, okay, let's see if we can cut costs as much as we can, build this company. And we had the idea that we might do it ourselves, like learn how to draw animals on YouTube <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh, that, that. That idea faded rather quickly because neither of us are artistically inclined at all. So how do you guys find um... – you know, an artist or someone who can do your, your, um, your artwork for you. Uh, so we were lucky on the first set. I, 
at the school I teach at, um, one of our art teachers, on Ortiz, she she's one of the art teachers there. Okay. So I, I just approached her and said, "Hey, this is what we're we're, we're thinking about doing. Are you interested in in uh, you know tagging along and seeing how this goes?" And she jumped right on it. She did an amazing job in those first five books. Uh, we're super proud of proud of the work that she did. And uh, we uh, on this second set, there were a couple artists over this past year that popped up on my radar through Instagram that I, I kept I kept in the back of my mind as folks that I might want to work with in the future. So uh, once we decided to pull the trigger on the second set, I reached out to them and they were really excited about the project and they did an amazing job on them. Oh, that's great. I mean, cause yeah, I, I just, I'm sure if, if you're in your, um, in your line of work there with, with the company that, yeah, you're probably on the lookout for a little bit, uh, of a different, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I mean, you're looking at different material on Instagram than maybe just strictly hunting and fishing and outdoors, right? You probably have a lot of authors or artists and things like that, that are in your pipeline. Yeah, we definitely, there's a few other artists that we, we might reach out to on the next sets, but uh, I don't know, the art that we got this time was was so, so amazing that I don't know if we're ever going to need any other artists. I mean, we, we, we might just because we like to see new artwork, but the three people that we've been working with now are just phenomenal. Yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Right, exactly. So I guess, so you have... Um your uh your second series your conservation two series that's coming out um what i mean what is kind of like a a five-year or 10-year plan you know just a very kind of broad view of things uh for the company we are looking into expanding of course and uh we want to start working with individual uh conservation orgs and trying to trying to do um books for them and a special edition for them we have a couple couple other folks that have reached out to us that we're we're talking to about doing uh, special edition books for them uh, already. So, you know, it, it would be really great to be able to reach out to like uh, Rocky Mountain Health Foundation and, and do a book like a just dedicated book for them. You know, for what they do and for elk. Um, there's a lot of different orgs out there that would be a, a lot of fun to work with, and. It, I think would help them in the long run. You know, it, it'd be something that they could put in, in their online stores and make some money in to help their cause as well as, as us giving some of those, you know, monies that we make back to them as well. Yeah. And I think really for a lot of these organizations, when you, you kind of add that, that element of, of children's books or just, you know, books in general into it, because you know, a lot of people have books, but it, it there are a lot of these organizations have books, right? But they're not necessarily something that everyone's going to want to pick up and read. And, you know, to, you just, you get kind of a different viewpoint when you start, you know, throwing the children's books in there and people go, Oh, well, this is, you know, this is kind of a, a new twist on, you know, what in the example you use RMEF, you know, what, what they're doing. So I think, I think, yeah, like special edition books, um, something like that. I think that would be awesome. And I think that, that organizations would probably love to, to kind of go down a, a little bit different route and, and open the eyes to some people who maybe weren't, um, you know, weren't familiar with their organization or, or the work that they were doing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, hopefully the books start reaching a really wide variety of folks too. So, you know, like what they see, like the, the symbol of an org on the back of a book that might, you know, spur them to look into that and say, Hey, what's this all about? And get some information, see, see what that, that organization is all about. And, maybe 
you know, help contribute to their cause. Yeah, and I think I first had come across um, your company and your books was through uh, Mark Kenyon of Wired to Hunt, where he had uh, he he does this thing where he'll um, he talks about books that he that he's reading and stuff like that, and he um, had done one on on um, on your guys's books there, and I think that was a little a little while ago, and I had at the time thought, oh man, this is great, like I need to look into this. And then it kind of slipped my mind and I forgot and then I couldn't go back and find it anymore. And then when the whole podcast started and I started to do more research into some of these um, 2% certified companies, I you know I, I came back across uh, Smile Outside. I'm like, oh, there they are. <laughs> Finally, I was able to, to, to find them again. So that's, uh, that's a pretty big win, I'd imagine, when someone like Mark Kenyon is, um, is talking about your books and, and showing them to his you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah, we were stoked to see it, see that pop up on on the feed, and you know we were really appreciate appreciative to him for uh, you know putting that out there like that. And uh, you know, as we continue moving forward in the next like you know several years, you know, we're, there's going to be some, an end to the to the children's books of the five and under category that we're focused on right now. You know, very soon we're going to be switching gears and you know targeting that next age class up because we, we you know we want to be able to provide material for everybody you know like kids through young adults and you know that's just what we want to do you know we want to you know help kids and folks understand how awesome it is here and the wildlife that we have here how it got here where it came from and where is it going and you know the things that affect it we just want people to to care the way that we care about you know wildlife and clean habitat and clean air clean water things that you know allow us to go out there and enjoy it now, do you think as you take a step into that next um, like age class of readers that you will start to introduce more hunting into the books as as a way of conservation, or do you think you'll kind of keep keep it, you know, keep hunting or fishing um, out of it until maybe later on down the road, or just maybe not introduce that portion of it at all? So, and great question. Um, there's it's a it's a hard answer, but. Uh, you know, we've, we've tossed it around a lot. Uh, the second series that we just are putting out right now, uh, it does talk about fishing. It drops it drops the fishing the fishing word in there. So um, the, F, the daunted F word. The, <laughs> there you go. The F, F word is dropped in those books. Um, and uh, so it, you know, we all we all know that fishing is a lot a lot wide more widely accepted than hunting in yep. in, in the public. So. You know, that's a little test run. We'll see if we get any feedback on that. And uh, eventually we, we would love to, you know, add some like actual hunting material in there. Um, but yeah, just as, as we, as we launched the company, we wanted to make sure that it was, you know, something that, that a lot of folks could enjoy rather than just that small group of hunters and fishermen in, in, in the United States here. Um, but yeah. So how surprised, you know, when you, you started down this venture, how surprised were you guys that there weren't, you know, more books or even, and, and I'm not sure if there's other books out there that are, are similar to yours, but I mean, how surprised were you that there maybe wasn't as much, um, children's literature out there, uh, in kind of this space in the conservation world? Uh, I mean, we weren't surprised. That's kind of how, how it got started. I, I didn't, I didn't have that material for my son. So I knew that there was a big void there. Um, but as we, we actually got, like really in in deep with it and looking for specifically looking for books like that 
it's a it's a pretty vacant uh, niche that we found. And there's there's some other ones in there that you know um, they do a good job, but I still think I think I think Holy Guys is a little bit better. No no uh, no knock on them, but no you you can yeah don't be afraid to to think that you 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 guys are putting out a better book i mean <laughs> i i wouldn't be afraid to say that um it, it, how how have your kids received it i mean do they understand that i mean they you said you have a four year old i mean do they understand that you know their dad and their uncle are are the ones writing these books yeah so my son definitely understands that um we are writing the books he also asks me every time he sees me packaging up a book if I'm sending out his books. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like, this, this, you're just still, you're just still in your room. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, so, like the evolution of the last uh, year of reading those books to him is kind of interesting. Um, he now has a favorite book of, of, the, of the first five, and you know he chooses that one more often than the other ones, and. The questions that he asks while I read are a lot more advanced than they were a year ago. And uh, the, the great thing about the books, one of the great things about the books, rather, is that there's lots of points in the book that are uh, areas where uh, an adult can stop and talk and explain to a child about about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than just reading through, there's a lot of, lot of cool things that you can talk about. And the kids will pick up on it and they point them out and it's just great to have those conversations. And it's got to be a pretty proud moment for you as well, right? I mean, that was kind of the reason that you guys had started writing these books, right? Was to, to better educate, you know, the, our, our kids. And like you just said with your son over the the course of the last year and reading these books that he's starting to, I mean, he's probably read that book hundreds of times, you know, or you and your wife have read it to him hundreds of times. But the fact that he's starting to ask more advanced questions that it's, it's really kind of piquing his interest and making him think about things has got to be a pretty proud, you know, not only business owner moment, but dad moment for you as well. Oh, for sure, man. Like, I, like in the pheasants and whale book in particular, he, he'll talk like every time we, there's a part of the book where it talks about what the quails are eating, like seeds and bugs. And he'll go on this long explanation about, you know, why the, they're, they're eating the bugs and why. And I'm just like, this is awesome. I'm like, I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, I mean, and and if you're if if you're seeing that type of reaction from your son, uh, I mean, you've you've got to imagine that you know there's there's hundreds of thousands of parents out there that are are getting you know hopefully the same reaction you know when they're reading your books to their kids as well. Yeah, I, I it's a, it's a good thought that you know when Luke and I did this, you know conservation was a big part but then we start seeing and thinking about the other effects of it and it's a really good good feeling to have to see kids take a hold of them and the pictures that people are sending us of their kids enjoying them and it's just it is always a good moment we'll get those pictures in yeah because i would say that while you know this is a this is a conservation podcast you guys are are writing books about conservation but you're also you know you're you're helping shape and and form you know, the minds of, of future generations of conservationists and hunters and anglers and things like that. And I mean, I, I can't tell you how incredible I think that that is, especially being, you know, a father of two kids as well. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I think you and your brother both should be extremely proud of that. I really appreciate that, man. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
taking a, a step away from the books a little bit, what uh, what is kind of your animal of choosing if you had to to go out and hunt? So, my dream hunt, my dream hunt uh, is a moose hunt, an archery moose hunt, and I've been applying to the Northeast states for a number of years. But I have a buddy in Alaska who's always telling me you got an open invitation, you got an open invitation. But unfortunately, you know, being a teacher, my my uh, off time is not during hunting season in Alaska. Yeah. So I'm I'm waiting for these books to really uh, allow me to to focus on them and then retire from the teaching profession so I can open up my uh, my, my windows of time off. Now, go do. Do you think being a teacher kind of helped push the envelope in, in writing these books? I mean, you, you're already you know shaping and, and molding young minds. Uh, being a science teacher, I mean, is that did that kind of help? You know, give you that extra nudge to to really go forward with this. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, you know, my undergraduate degree is in education. So it's it's a passion of mine rather than just, you know, something that I stumbled upon. And, you know, yeah, this is just an extension of, of my education career. And it, I look forward to, you know, how it goes and where, it, you know, where it puts me in the next several years. Yeah. Are you hoping eventually to make this a full-time job? Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely what I would like to see. I mean, I would, I would love to be able to focus on this all day every day and make make the phone calls I need to make and reach out to people that I need to reach out to and package all the books that need to be packaged yeah well I mean it was uh I mean I I I completely understand where you're at as a small business owner because like shortly after uh I had ordered my books um I think you had sent me a message or a text or, or something and you're like hey I just got your order and uh there's not a lot of companies out there where, I mean, we had been exchanging texts, you know, so we could we could set up a time to to speak on the podcast. But the fact that you know, within maybe ten or fifteen minutes, that you had said, "Hey, I got your order." I mean, that's that's a pretty cool thing, and it, it's it probably it adds a nice personal touch for um, you know people who are you know looking to buy these books. No, that's great. I'm glad that uh, you know that meant something, and I, I try to reach out to people when I can. Like if if I know they're on my Instagram. Or rather, the company's Instagram. If I know that, then you know I, I try to reach out to them and respond to them, and, and I pay attention to them. You know, they are the people who are you know driving our business, and we are in debt to them. And uh, you know, when they have the post their pictures of their kids fishing or playing in the mud or whatever, it's it's awesome for us to see, and I and I enjoy it, and you know I appreciate it, and I you know I'll, I'll put those comments on there, and I'll reach out to them, and let them know how much I appreciate them. Yeah, I think that goes a long way right with with customers especially with everything with social media and everything being so accessible is that people like that personal touch i mean that's something that i mean i put a handwritten note in every single order that ships out and and i, I kind of probably spent a little bit more time than i need to on it where i'll I'll look at the name of the order that comes through and I'll go through my Instagram and be like, hmm, you know, do I recognize this name or have I seen this name? Do do I follow them or do they follow me or something like that? And, you know, I think that, you know, showing your appreciation as much as you can other than just saying thank you, I think goes a long way. And I think, you know, customers are much more likely to, to come back and buy another set of books or in my case, another shirt because they know that, you know, we're, we're paying attention to to them as customers. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's not just, you know, to to help the business. It's just it's a real sense of appreciation, I think, that that uh, you have as well. And it's, 
it's good to good to sh- share that appreciation when you have it. Yeah, I mean we 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 put a lot out there, right? In in, in terms of of trying to to start a business from scratch or build a brand. Um, so yeah, like every time an order comes through, it's just like, oh man, this is, this is great. You know, or you see someone orders, you know, something for the second time. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a hard feeling to describe the, the appreciation that, that, uh, that you have for your customers. For sure. And you know, every time that, that little alarm goes off my phone, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, there's more conservation money that we're able to give away. And that's really what drives it, man. It's, it's such a cool thing. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, of the first series of books, which one is your favorite? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> it's like telling you to pick a favorite kid. It is. It really is. <laughs> I think, man, I think the pheasant, pheasant and quail book is probably my favorite. Um, if you ask the the people who read the books, like, we'll get like a a, a spattering of everything, right? But. The one that comes up more often than the others is going to be the Coyote Lost Your Voice book. Um, that book is a book, well, it's, it's about predators, mm-hmm. but we couldn't really go off and name a child's book Predators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, hey, number one, it could be scary to a kid. Number two, it could have a different connotation to it. And just, So we, we veered away from that and, and, and just said Coyote Lost Your Voice. So it tells, it tells a story about a coyote who lost her voice and... She wanders through the uh, the woods, meeting the other predators of the forest. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I, I'm I'm super excited to to get into these. And you know, I was actually just talking to my daughter um, today about you know that I'd ordered her some new books, and she she you know she's she's excited because I mean we have to read her three or four books every night you know before we go to bed, so it's uh it's cool to see the excitement when I you know I she understands or well understands might be a strong word but she knows that daddy hunts and daddy fishes but she doesn't quite i mean she's she's three you know almost four she doesn't understand what that means yet and you know so i i was trying to tell her that you know i i'd like to take you out hunting with daddy this year where you can you know you can sit in the blind and you know just so we can see some deer and you know she's all excited about it so hopefully you know getting these books you know a few months before before deer season starts here in michigan is is a good kind of uh lead in to uh hopefully coming out with me this fall that'd be awesome man yeah i think she'll really enjoy those books yeah all right well james i really appreciate you taking some time to hop on the podcast today to tell us about smile outside tell us about the you know the conservation work that you guys are doing both with giving back to um, these different organizations and you know more importantly um, helping kind of shape you know the minds of of our children and future generation or excuse me and future conservationists i really appreciate the opportunity to, to you know talk to talk to you and talk to your folks um and share share what we, we're doing here you know it means a lot to us to, to be invited and you know we look forward to what the future holds yeah uh real quick where can um for people that may not be familiar where can they find you guys at to order some books sure. Yes, yeah, so the website is www.smileoutside.com. Really easy. And then if you want to follow us and chat with us on Instagram, um, I, I'll be the one you'll be talking to on there. Um, and it's at underscore smile underscore outside. Okay. All right. Well, James, again, I appreciate it. Um, stay safe down there in Texas and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Mark, it's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate it. You have a great one. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
All right. Well, a big thank you to James for taking some time to hop on the podcast today and talk about Smile Outside. Um, I want to thank our partners over at Stone Glacier, uh, as well as our partners over at 2% for Conservation. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Stone Glacier, check them out, stoneglacier.com. Uh, and if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And there you can see all the certified brands that have committed to conservation, including Stone Glacier, that you should support when you're shopping for your gear or guiding services or coffee uh, or really anything that you can think of. I also encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media uh, where you're going to see nothing but very positive conservation-driven content um, on their various feeds. So it's, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for conservation, you can find them online on their social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, Stay safe out there. And remember, conservation starts with you.